And we're back. It's been a minute since we've done one of these uh, because since the last episode, I was actually just listening to the uh, beginning of the last episode and it starts with me talking about being days away from our son being born. Well, we didn't even know he was a boy back then. Um, but since then, we've had a kid, and it's uh, a little bit harder to do this now, but I'm excited to get back into it because now he's um, he's a little bit older, and I've fully figured out this whole parenting thing, so life should be smooth from here on out, right? <laughs> no, not at all. I'm exhausted and exhilarated, and um, yeah, that's apparently what parenting is, at least for this season. But I wanted to get back on here because, one, we've got some new, speaking of, um, Harris is right next to me in his high chair eating some banana. And, uh, and that's how podcasting is going to happen today. Um, but I wanted to do one of these podcasts for a few different reasons. One, I miss this. I miss this so much. And we've got, I've been working on some um, new episodes that will be coming out over the coming weeks. So get ready. Number two, October 14th, we're going to be doing the first live almost church thing, and I'm so excited about it. Um, Since the first one of these episodes, I've been toying with what would this look like if we actually got in a room together in Austin, Texas, and so we're going to be doing that at Stout House Coffee Pub on the 14th. Um, You can go to almost.church for info there, but really... October 14th, Stout House Coffee Shop, 7 p.m. Come, there's going to be a few of us from the podcast they are going to do some storytelling, and there's going to be drinks. I'm calling it stouts and storytelling, but even if you don't drink stouts or alcohol, there'll be coffee and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but finally, I haven't been doing these podcasts, but I've been working on other things, and I wanted to share that. So one of those things is... Uh, is I've been working with my good friend, Drew, who's a pastor in West Austin, um, and we've been creating this uh, video series slash community of parents uh, slash Facebook group uh, for parents and talking about what does it look like to parent and talk to your kid about faith, Christianity, religion, God, spirituality, all those fun things. Um, it's basically mixing the beautiful, weird thing of parenting and the weird, crazy thing of religion. How do you do those two um, messy, ambiguous things together? And so that's actually what I I grabbed Drew and said, "Hey, let's do a podcast about this thing, so I can share it with um, share it with some people that might be interested." So if you're a parent and you're interested in like talking with other parents about how do you talk to your kid <laughs> about faith and God and and things like that? Then, um, then this is for you. And this is a, a little conversation that Drew and I just had um, about this thing we made. Drew, you and I just. Uh, we're starting to, we're finishing up this uh, thing that we've been talking about for months now um, for other parents who are asking questions and 
wrestling with what does it look like to be a parent and to engage in some sort of faith that makes sense to you, that's meaningful to you, that you might want to share with your kid. And it's been so fun for me. Um, I've loved making it and I'm excited that we're actually getting it out into the world. Me too. It has been a blast. It has been good to be able to talk with folks and um, just to kind of think outside the box and do something a little bit different for me, but with the goals, like you said, of creating something and creating something that hopefully is like a resource and um, that gives people and parents in particular confidence and trying to kind of create some community around it as well. So I wanted to just have a conversation where we talk a little bit about this is partly going to be me debriefing what I've been kind of processing, learning along with other parents and people that we've been interviewing um, partly this is going to be a debrief for me, but I think it can also be an introduction for others into kind of what we've been exploring and the ways we've been thinking about these things. Um, it's been good for me because, you know, I think about things like faith and religion and Christianity a lot, but becoming a parent, I think this is true for, for other people who become parents. Um, when you become a parent, it often brings up new questions or ways of looking at these same questions you've been looking at. Um, and, and so it's been fun for me to like start to process them now as a parent and thinking about my kid, Harris. Um, so I feel like it's, it's natural when you're kind of moving into this new season of life to, to be like, well, what do I think about this? What do I believe? Um, what do I want to shape my kid? What do I want them, the thoughts and ideas that I want to share with them? So um, so I feel like that's a natural thing when you become a parent to start to ask different questions or ask the same questions with a new lens on. You've got two kids now. I how do. old are how old are yours? Uh, three and almost five. Part of my job as a pastor um, is talking about God and faith in ways that lots of people can understand and connect mm, with. Yeah. Um, and so I have talked about faith and God and I have access to lots of curriculum and all of this kind of stuff for um, introducing ideas about faith and God with kids. Um, but like you mentioned, becoming a, a parent, um, having kids, like is almost this sort of existential crisis or like creates a bit of one of like, Oh, who, who am I now? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I would, I would say it's like, it's, it's figuring out, um, the ways in which parenting is a vocation. It's something you do. Um, but for a lot of us too, it's wrestling with like, well, what part of my identity is that? Or you start to see things reflected in your kid, uh, or so things of yourself reflected in your kids. You start to see the ways that your kids are, um, exploring the world. And so even as, you know, from Harris's early days, from my kids' early days, like the way that they're engaging with things and starting to figure out like, oh, when I move, this happens. When I make noise, someone shows up. When mm. I, you know, move my body this way, this thing happens. It it resets a lot of our, like a lot of our gears, a lot of our neural pathways, because it might engage us to think about how we consider those things or don't, or we start to see things that we kind of have taken for granted or are just automatic in our daily life as like, Oh no, I had to learn to mm. move my body. I had to learn to move my mouth in certain ways to create phonemes that then create words. And I had to learn what those, that those sounds had meaning attached to them. And that, 
not the same sounds, you know, have the same meaning for everything and <laughs> all of these like really nitty gritty details that they're figuring out. And the same thing happens with faith, right? It's like, you know, who we are as humans developing has to do with how we see and understand our faith. And it really kind of brought that home. I think, I don't know that I thought much about, um, and maybe this is probably a product of the fact that I am a pastor and that my family is, you know, involved then in the life of the church to some extent. I've, I wondered and thought a lot about like, what is Sunday school class going to look like for them at my particular church? And um, I've thought about like, dynamics of being a pastor's kid, which maybe I'll need to talk to you about or have my <laughs> kids talk to you about at some point. Um, and, uh, and all of those things, but I don't know that I like explicitly was asking questions like, how am I going to share my faith? Because I have these kind of built-in rhythms and things. Mm. I will say when we got to like a fun thing, um, that having kids comes up, like brings up kids love ritual and routine, um, and find a lot of meaning, but also this sense of like, we were creating family traditions for the first time. So the first time that, you know, Lil Lily was born in November, November, and in late November, early December, every year is the church season advent. It's a new church year. Um, and it's the lead up to Christmas. And how are we going to mark this season as a family? How are we going to celebrate Christmas? How are we going to talk about what Christmas is and what it means um, because it means the birth of Jesus, but there's also this gift giving component. And how do we, how do we navigate that? How do we honor that? How do we um, celebrate that as a family and, and working through some of those things. I think that was probably some of the first times. And again, for me, that was, you know, six weeks uh, less than six weeks after our daughter was born, our oldest, that we were wondering, um, yeah, what is, what does it look like to encounter this? And oh, by the way, we're not just setting up like family habits and traditions. We're talking about why. And at six weeks old, you know, that's that's kind of one thing. So then maybe we're thinking about, oh, okay, then in next year, how do we share this? What are we doing? How are we marking? You know, for my family, that's we have an advent wreath and candles around the dinner table and we try and have dinner together. Um, as much as possible, but especially at least one night a week during Advent, which can be hard because it's a busy work season for dad, for me. Um, but like to sit down, to light the candle, to sing a verse of a you know church song together of a hymn and um, to kind of like mark that season. And I think that was one of the first times that we were really wrestling with his parents. Like, how are we going to talk about this at home? What is this going to look like? How do we navigate the difference in dynamics again? Because it's kind of weird because it's part of my job um, mm -hmm. in certain ways. So one of the things you're talking about is like what it does to you as a parent when you're noticing your kid responding to and learning about everything. Um, some of the basic things, basic things that uh, we can take for granted, like learning about how to make sounds and move our bodies and what it does to the world and how things react to that. As I've gotten older and started to, um, you know, you might call it a deconstruction, um, kind of pulling things apart and looking underneath the hood and um, wait, how did I get to these conclusions that I had maybe taken for granted? Or it's interesting how you get down to things that like, kind of like a kid is doing of like, oh, when I make these sounds, it becomes language and the language means this. And then you start to like, even as an adult, I'm going, oh, wait, 
language is a construct that is just based on the, and so it's interesting how a kid, uh, like my kid, is doing many things that I'm kind of parallel doing as an adult, maybe at a more complex level later in life, but it's uh, shines a magnifying glass on it when you're watching your kid do it for the first time. I'm noticing for us, there's a maybe a little bit more urgency thinking about those things now that Harris is, because before it's like, you know, we're in our thirties, uh, whether we start this tradition this year, whether we figure out how we want to think about this, whether we decide if we want to go to church, it's like, it's kind of a little bit the same if we do it this year, or it feels that way. Whether we figure it out now or in six months from now or in five years from now, it's like, you know, it feels like I'm fully formed and who, who I don't have any urgency. Now, that's not really true. Um, I'm still very much shaped and formed by things, but there's less of an urgency for me, for Ashley to figure those things out. Like it's easy for us to punt it down the road. And then you have this kid who's like week to week changing, being shaped by things, um, who very soon when he be, is becoming even more conscious is going to be asking for language for these things, is going to be craving, like you said, rituals and rhythms in life. So there's this new heightened urgency, um, especially for things like religion and church and how we talk about these things and language systems. So I've I found that to be very interesting that the, the level of urgency about these things kind of gets turned up a notch. And then when you're talking about religion, I think something that a lot of parents can relate to is this tension in them, especially if they grew up religious, of uh, this tension between there's so much about it that I love um, or loved in the past and would love for my kid to experience. And there's also maybe a whole category of things that's like, I don't know if I want my kid exposed to that. I don't want them to have to um, go through the baggage that I did with that. And so I feel like for a lot of parents, there's this tension with religion between like, yes, there's parts of it I want to share. And, and like you said, traditions and rhythms and community parts that they miss. And then maybe also parts that they're like, I don't know if I'm willing to subject my kid to certain things that I was subjected to. Um, so I'm curious some of your thoughts on parents who feel that tension in them between like, I want to, and I'm also not sure. Yeah. Well, you know, a couple of things have come to my mind as we've been talking about language and rituals. I'm remembering our conversation with pastor Sherilyn Browning, who's a godly play trainer and kind of introduced that framework for us. And is in one of these videos that we've made, um, but I remember two things. I remember one, her talking about when she does the godly play story about baptism and there are these baby dolls and they like have the kids put water over their heads and stuff. Mm -hmm. Then every week after that, like that's what we do with these baby dolls. So then they <laughs> want to come in. So just like that, again, that like craving, or I think of my own kids uh, lately. So on Fridays, I have my kids with me or right now uh, Lily's in full-time preschool. And so I have my son um, who just turned three and like, what we did the first Friday, it was just me and him is what he wants to do every Friday. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm thinking about that and holding that. And I'm thinking about kind of the language and the expectations and things that um, children bring in with them and the ways that like in a parent in engaging with your kids, you start to um, figure some of this stuff out that there's not necessarily like one particular pathway. Um, and that, you know, your kid is not um, 
kids aren't, we think that they are, um, but they're not like blank slates, right? Mm -hmm. Like they're not uh, an unmolded piece of clay. Like they have um, energy and life within them. They are living, moving beings. And, and so like that starts to come to, uh, into the conversation, into the interactions really quickly. I think for parents who are struggling with how, um, I mean, one, maybe there's a way, I think that some of this stuff, I hope some of these videos and these resources like Godly Play um, that offer more frameworks than answers um, or like, uh, you know, a map with kind of multiple routes and some guidelines and things, but not a direct uh, one singular path. Um, I hope that some of that helps realize like, oh, there are several ways that I can do this. Um, There are these, um, these tensions, there are ways that I can, um, introduce something for a while, especially, I think, you know, I'm thinking about the difference between new parents, um, and, uh, parents of like, you know, older elementary school teens. Um, and, uh, you know, you can introduce someone to something because you love it and give them the chance to see how mm. it comes through yeah. um, for them, right? Like, I think holding on to that knowledge of like, I, you know, I want to share this thing with you. Um, so you're thinking about those parts of faith that somebody might really love um, to try and introduce somebody to that and, and let them see what it's like. Um, and maybe again, right, you're, you're shaping and making that decision for kids to introduce them to it and yet not locking yourself in forever. And in the same way of like our, yes, we set up some traditions and we used it as a, uh, and at first Christmas as an excuse to like, think deeply about that as a family, but that's not to say that those traditions won't change or move or, uh, for all kinds of different reasons, including we're thinking about things differently and, um, and want to be, want to let, maybe there's a point where we want to let our kids have more say in what some of those traditions and moments look like and how do we create some openness for that. And the same is true with introducing somebody to a faith tradition, right? Like there are, yes, there are ways that we move through this and can go through this. And, um, I think that I I understand deeply the struggle of if you felt like what you were handed was not healthy and you don't want to go back to it. Um, But there were parts of it that you want to introduce. Um, I think there are ways to do that. um, And I think that there are healthy ways to do that. And I think that there are probably um, I know of several kind of like healthy communities that could walk alongside you in that. Um, but I know that some of that's really intimidating. And so again, you know, you mentioned with these videos, we're, we're also trying to create some sense of community for parents that are trying to explore those questions just yeah. to hold them out there. But because we know that uh, it's really, really hard to try and think through and work through all of that on your own, not that you need somebody to say, this is the way you ought to do it for the best outcome. Um, but to give, to give you some encouragement and say, yeah, sometimes it's like this. Remember our kids are people too, and they're going to move through this. And, uh, you know, here's what we did when our kids turn, uh, 12, this is how we invited them to think about our traditions and to change them. Um, when our kids were seven, we, we asked them about this kind of thing. One of the things that I'm taking away from this is noticing in myself 
these different modes I can get in with parenting. And on one side is, is this whole parenting thing about getting the right answers? Does this whole parenting thing, is it a test where I'm trying to figure out the right answers? Or is this a mysterious adventure that I get to go on with my family? Um, and I'm noticing in me, oh, I sometimes shift into one of those modes and sometimes into the other mode. And so it's helpful for me to think, man, am I seeing this as a test where I have to get the right answer or am I seeing it as an adventure that I get to go on with them? And, and it makes me reflect back on when Ashley and I first decided, uh, we actually weren't sure that we were going to become parents for a while. We thought we weren't. And then we decided, you know what, this feels like the next adventure we want to go on. And that was the language that we used was language of adventure. And so when I think back to why we decided to even have kids, it was about adventure. It was about expanding and sharing our love, our joy, this adventure that we want to have, and we want to have it um, even more so. And, uh, and so it's like, oh, so quickly, though, I can go into like, what's the right answer here for this situation? What's the right? Like, there's a test here that I'm getting tested by. And, um, and so that's something that I've been hearing consistently through the people we've been interviewing through our conversations. And I've been noticing in myself is like, hey, this can be a mysterious adventure that you get to go on. Um, of course, it's hard. It's difficult. There's all those things. There's sleepless nights. Um, there's tears. But underneath it all, getting back in touch with that for me has been huge. Yeah. Well, and I even as I hear you say that, you know, I'm, I'm reminded, though, that there is sort of um, like a healthy parental instinct of like, there's some stuff that I understand matters because I am responsible for the ongoing existence of another human being (laughs) that cannot yet care for itself um, or, or think for itself in certain ways and frames. Right. And, um, and, and I think that's maybe some of the challenge, right. Is then, then when you move to something, that's not that, that's not like, Mm -hmm. Oh, I have to make sure that they're eating. Or I think, Um, I don't know for you, I remember the clipboard in the hospital, right. Where you're like marking every diaper and what it, what it looked like and everything. Yeah. yeah. I'm surprised you remember that. I can barely remember that. Um, but yeah, how many, well, you kind of forget those days because you're, you're really tired anyway, (laughs) but I've gone through it twice. So I remember a little bit more that, I mean, that stuff does matter. Like there is, um, there's not like, like a one prescriptive right or wrong, but there is like a. I need to make sure that this kid's body is functioning well, that they are eating enough to grow, that they are getting the right amount of sunlight um, and vitamin D and all of these things. Right. And then I think what's really challenging sometimes is knowing when in the, when the situation is one like that mm. and when the situation is, is more in that like mystery and adventure and playfulness and, um, yeah. And I think we can have a tendency to feel like everything's in that first category. Um, maybe, and maybe even some of that is because for those first few days, it feels like everything about your relationship to this baby is in that first category of yeah. like, this is a matter of life um, and abundant life in this way. Now, you know, on the flip side, right? I'm a pastor. And I talk about matters of life and abundant life too, but that's a different kind of um thing. And there's a different kind of way to explore that. There's a different kind Mm. of way to, to think and enact. Um, but you want, I mean, I think it all stems from that nature of wanting as a parent, your kid to have, um, 
life to the full, right? Yeah. And so then you're like, well, what does that look like? And I want to make sure that uh, I give my kids what they need to be able to do that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if we're, uh, and I think about it, um, an example even that I try to bring up to my church is like the first thing that really that anybody, but especially that kids are learning about what God is like when they enter this place is, um, is God a God that welcomes me? And they're learning that based on how well or not we welcome them. Can I be myself or do I have to act a certain way? Um, what, but that's not only true at church, that's true at home too, right? Is this, is this being, um, you know, we learn what love is in our family. And then you, so then the first time you hear something like, oh, God is love, um, or I believe the ultimate force of the universe is love. Um, your, your only definition for love is what you have, right? And it started with, um, it started with your parents. And so, you know, we, I talk about this in like theological frameworks too, of just like then coming to that realization that no matter, um, how wonderful and loving our parents are, um, we're all as parents only doing the best that we can. Um, and none of us is perfect. And so then, um, we're all, we're all going to be shaped differently and we're all going to bring different, uh, notions and characteristics about what, uh, what love is like. And, and in my world, therefore what God is like. Yeah. So if you're interested in more conversations like this, um, some videos to prompt ideas and, and discussion with your kids or with your partner, but if you're interested in connecting with other parents who are wrestling with similar questions or you just want to vent your own stories or share or hear about what other people are experiencing with their own kids and uh, parenting and all that, this might be for you. So check it out. Go to facebook.com slash groups slash faith and parenting um, or you can search in the facebook search bar for help my kid is asking about god it's not a course or us teaching um, anything but really just opening up a conversation because i'm really interested in talking about this with other people um, i've got my little guy next to me right now and he's got a banana all over his face so i can't exactly talk to him um, or have a discussion with him about God yet. Um, but I'm excited for that and nervous about that and all those kinds of things. So I'm excited to connect with other parents and have some support and community around it. So my hope for this group is that it's a safe and um, welcoming place for people of all perspectives and beliefs who, uh, who want support and conversation and community around this kind of stuff. Uh, also remember, Almost Church, live and in person, um, it's not going to be a big spectacle or anything, but I think, you know, maybe like 30 of us or so at Stout House Coffee Pub, um, October 14th, Friday evening, 7 p.m., 7 to 9-ish. Come if you're interested in drinks and storytelling and all of that, um, and new episodes next week. Until then, this is Brandon and Harris signing off. We'll see you guys soon.